Alrighty, welcome tennis fans and betters. You are listening to the Net Worth Podcast, a women's tennis podcast focused on analyzing what's going on in the game as well as building your betting bankrolls. I'm Jorge. You can find me on Twitter at Jorge Tweets Tennis, TWTS. And I'm joined today by Noops at underscore Noops, if I'm not mistaken, and Spread Don't Call Me Fred Astaire. His Twitter handle is at Spread Astaire. Gentlemen, how's it going? Wonderful. Doing great today. Ready to break this down. Good stuff. At the time of recording, we are just done the first week. We are heading into the fourth round, so we'll be talking about the surprises and takeaways from week one, and we'll also be looking ahead to what we think is going to happen in week two and see if we can find you a few bets to mull over or search for once the lines become available. So we'll start off with our recap, go over the draw quarter by quarter, and uh, we'll start with the top quarter where Simona Halep was defeated day one by Kaya Kanepi. Sneaky, sneaky big hitter there and not the greatest matchup for Simona. Guys, what uh, was this obviously the biggest surprise probably in the entire draw. What else did you take away from... Uh, the top quarter this week will start with a spread. All oh, right, yeah, obviously Simona was the biggest surprise. Uh, her losing and losing someone like Kanepi that uh, doesn't have the best movement that you thought Simona would have been able to exploit. Um, but since that one's so obvious and you guys will always touch on it, the other thing I wanted to mention was just Serena and how well that she's actually played. I mean, uh, I thought Venus had two good wins going into that matchup, and I thought uh, it'd be pretty close. And uh, for Serena to beat her like that, and that, I thought that was a pretty good uh, inform Venus Williams that it beat Kuznetsova and Georgie. Uh, I think Serena's return would be something that I'd take away from it because uh, she's definitely looking like a contender for the title. Yeah, I was looking at some Serena stuff too. I mean, when we first looked at this quarter, the, the, the word out from everybody was how difficult it was. You know, once Halep kind of gets knocked off, you know, you lose someone like Pavel Yuchenkova in the first, first round. Things really open up for Serena. I mean, at this point, she's going to end up playing, you know, Kai Kanepi today, and then she gets the winner of Ashley Barty Pushkova, who, you know, is is definitely not a bad player in any way, shape, or form. But it looks like Serena has a fairly easy walk into the final four here. Yeah, I would say for me, I think the the one to keep an eye on is Ash Barty, who at we're again we're recording as this match is going on, so it's going to be kind of a stick with us as we try and navigate this. Um, she's a, she's up love forty right now, could potentially get back on serve in the first set. I think she is probably my dark horse for the biggest beneficiary here because Serena always had the ability to get to that semifinal or the final. I mean, even in a tough draw. I think it's the younger Ash Barty who's still trying to really emerge as a contender that when Garbina Muguruza goes out so early, that that opened up her chance to get to this fourth round uh, really easily. She didn't have much resistance as, as she came here. She hasn't dropped a set all tournament uh, between Anjabur, Lucy Safarova, uh, or Karolina Machova. So... I think Ash Barty's the beneficiary here, and if she can get by Pliskova, I think we could see a, with her athleticism and her hitting, I think we could really see an interesting uh, matchup with Serena, probably a closer one than most would think. So we'll stick with the first quarter, and I kind of want your takes on who you think moves through, and are there any bets to be had? So if, if you think Serena's too big of a favorite, um, is there anything to be found here, or are you just going to be looking at other sectors of the draw? We'll start with uh, Noob's system. I think you got to look 
I think you got to look for other sections of the draw here. Like you said, Serena, I, I would favor her, but I don't think you're going to get a good price on her at all. I think there's uh, much better situations to be had. Uh, I would actually just ignore this section of the draw from here on out. I could see myself talking myself in a plitchka of a plus, you know, maybe four games, four and a half, if the number gets to be kind of that ridiculous. My guess is that number probably ends up being closer to three and a half, but if, you know, four and a half pops, I think I'll probably grab it. Um, but I do expect Serena to move forward without too much trouble. Yeah, you know, I think I, I'm I'm not one to bring NFL into other sports podcasts because I think everyone in our chat knows that I'm not the NFL person most are. But I think that three and a half to four and a half is like our version of a key number, right, in tennis. I think that that's pretty yeah, much... That's definitely the way I think about it. Right, I mean, that that's huge. Uh, a 6-4, six, 6-4 four, six, four is a winner on one, loser on, on the other when you have your dog. I think that's the, the biggest key number. So I would agree there. I think I'd take... The, the spread for Ash Barty, too. I think regardless of who comes through uh, this match, Carolina, I know spread mentioned in the show prep how she looks much better now um, with the coaching change. And I think Ash Barty has a chance to keep it close. So that could definitely uh, be worth a look if if Serena doesn't uh, lose to Kaya Kanepi, which I'm not anticipating. But uh, we'll move on to the second quarter where we have Sloane Stevens, and I'm looking at my bracket predictions that section's easily my uh my best one the stevens maritons i have everything correct in the first uh three three rounds there and then it gets murky as we go down but this quarter is again we'll start the early part of the week any surprises to you guys uh this was the section that uh i did the best too probably because it was the chalkiest section uh mertens had been playing well going into this so for those of us who had been following the summer hardcourt swing, her success isn't really that much of a surprise. And then um, Stevens, you know, won the title last year. Uh, really good number on her this year, so a lot of people had action on her. So uh, I really think we have, we're in for a good match tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if Mertens um, snuck this one out. Uh, I know she was definitely giving um, Sloan mental problems last time. I know that Sloan was really getting frustrated, and we had the really funny clip where she was complaining to her coach that all Mertens does is just push, and then when she wants to win the point, she grunts twice as loud, but <laughs> the ball doesn't go any harder. So uh, I like that's what I did like about on-court coaching is it kind of gives us a chance to look into these players' mindsets and what frustrates them and what doesn't. And, uh, you know, that was did something I took away from that is that Sloan does get frustrated when she's not the defender. It's funny. She doesn't, as, as strong as she is offensively, it doesn't seem like she likes to play offense. Yeah, again, it's, you know, not, not to totally repeat you guys, this is one of the best-looking quarters that it's in my bracket. My only disappointment is not having enough faith in Kyung Wang, who ended up winning two rounds here. But, you know, Svitolina, you know, we've been kind of barreling towards Svitolina probably versus Stevens. You know, Mertens might be able to give Stevens some trouble, but um, I think that's kind of what we've been barreling towards the whole way. You know, when you look through the quarter, a lot of blowouts. Surprised to see that some of these matches weren't closer. You know, you look, you see a lot of 6-1s, a lot of 6-2s. Um, you know, 6-3 looks like a nice set when you start to look at a lot of these. Yeah, I think, too, uh, I mean, for me, the biggest surprise was Gurgis losing to Makarova. I know the, the books didn't have it priced out as a huge lopsided kind of match. Personally, I thought that that would be more lopsided in the in Julia's favor than it was. Uh, I had her into the fourth round. I'm really surprised there. I think she's just a little more 
well-rounded than uh, Makarova, but man, when Makarova hits the grass and then through the summer hardcore, she just turns into a new player, it seems like. Um, the Keong Wong angle, I, I saw a lot of people on and I understood it. As a Svitolina fan, I know that she's had her problems with her in the past, but I think maybe that travel from China uh, really did catch up to her. Sorry, Indonesia or wherever the Asian games were played. She went right to the final against Shuai uh, Zhang, who really didn't put up any resistance to uh, Muguruza either, so I think that helped uh, Svitolina. Looking out here, um, I think, am I off base if I say the winner of Stevens Meritons is probably the favorite to win this quarter? Like, do you see anything in the bottom half of the quarter uh, that stands out as a potential bet in the the next round? Because I'm with you guys. I think Meritons might be worth a look. She has the win in Cincy. She has the game. She has the momentum and the form this year to win. Um, so I want to look forward to even the quarter and say, is there a ch is there a chance that someone between Sevastova and Svitolina uh, takes out the winner of the the match in the top half. Yeah, I mean, with this draw, we've we've seen that there's a chance of, of anything, right? Um, so I wouldn't, I would definitely give either woman a chance. Um, I think Sevastova produce, uh, provides an interesting matchup for either woman, just with her ability to change pace and kind of frustrate uh, the other women by you know kind of what we would call junk balling, you know. Just switching the pace, all those nasty slices, and then and then knocking the topspin back in. So uh, while I would favor favor Sloan or Mertens, I mean, yes, they'll definitely be worth a look. And then, like we were talking about earlier, if you're getting those key numbers, you know, you're getting above that 4.5, um, you're going to love whoever's on the bottom side of that bracket. It's I don't you know I look at four the four women we have left here, and I look at four really solid tennis players. It's not going to be anybody who's really going to lose a match per se. Um, you know, someone's going to have to beat whoever they're playing here. Um, you know, I think the winner of Stevens Mertens is definitely going to be favored, probably over Sevastova. Svitolina will probably be a slight favorite over Mertens, I would think. Um, Stevens Svitolina, I would hope, would be pretty easy, but I think we'll actually be looking for an over there. I, I think we'd see a pretty good match, you know, regardless of who comes out of those four women. It, it, to me, it looks like you know two long sets, or, or if we're lucky, three. Yeah, I would say that. For me, I have, I mean, this is obviously going to come with some bias, but I have Svitolina going through uh, later on today. This, uh, we'll keep it short on this because it's not going to be evergreen for a while, but um, I think that the athleticism of, of Svitolina is going to really hurt Sevastova's junk balling chances. And I think if Sevastova does pull off the upset today, um, she's going to have trouble with someone like Stevens, who's a great defender, who can move, who can also hit. Uh, I think that uh, really it comes down to, for me, I'll probably be laying a bet. Um, hoping Svitolina wins the fourth round, I'd be laying a bet on uh, whoever's coming out of the top half of the quarter. Unfortunately, even though she's my favorite player, she's just so easily fadeable in those fourth rounds and quarterfinals of uh, of Grand Slams, and her her ranking allows you to find some some nice soft prices there because she does get the benefit of the doubt so often. Um, that's it for the top half. Uh, we've recapped the first two quarters now. We'll head down to the bottom half and start in the third quarter where I think there's a few a few nice surprises to talk about. I'll give my take afterwards. And uh, what what surprised you the most here? And I think it, it almost everything will be in the you know second and third round on here. There were some, uh, some great matches that ended in perhaps ways that people didn't expect. The biggest surprise has to be Sibylkova taking out Kerber. I mean, uh, we all respect Sibylkova's game. She's got great ground stroke. She's definitely a fighter out there. 
um, good mental attitude. She doesn't um, fold up shop when things aren't going her way. But uh, Angelique Kerber coming off a Wimbledon win, and then uh, even though she didn't look too well in Montreal, you just in my head, you know, I always knew her as a hardcore player, you know, first and foremost. So being back on the hard courts on the big stage with the extra day of rest in between matches, I really thought Kerber uh, was set to make a deep run into this tournament. And for Sibakova to take her out, uh, that was really surprising. And then the other one, I'll say on the bottom side of the bracket, but uh, just the keys has looked so good. Um, even yesterday against Krunik, you know, uh, maybe not a player she should drop a set to, but the fact that she was able to do it and then uh, not get down on herself, which has been a problem for her in the past, and then uh, perform the way she did in the last two sets uh, really gives me hope. That we're we're going to have a great match coming up in that key Sibylkova match. Well, this has been by far the most entertaining quarter for me. I mean, all three of the Sibylkova matches have been great. Russ, Shea, Kerber. You know, Madison Keys played some fun three-round ma- matches. I'm just looking up and down here. Um, you know, the, the Caro Garcia, Carlos Suarez, Navarro match was a lot of fun. Um, you know, get to see you know a couple the Ostapenko match against Townsend was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, to see you know Madison Keys really be able to put it together, she finally looks like she's healthy and really you know reaching a lot of the potential look like she had. Um, it's really nice to see, and you know I'm excited to see who comes out of here. I have no idea out of these four women that are left, who's going to win this, win this quarter. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you guys on the Kerber. And I think for me, I think one of the biggest surprises was watching, uh, Garcia Suarez Navarro. I don't think Suarez Navarro was broken at all after the first set. Uh, I could be missing. There might've been one, but I know that that third set, I'm pretty, it was 12 breaks or sorry, 12 holds of serve leading into the tie break, which is rare enough on the WTA and women's, her as is um, but the way she played against Garcia to me I, I would really stood out um, Sharapova not dropping a set uh, so far in this tournament she looked you know rough in the second sets against both uh, Schneider and Kristea didn't look as dominant but boy did she dispatch Ostapenkoes I think that's another big surprise to me not that she's in the fourth round but that she how she got there to me um, routining people I think that's something to look for and I'm going to go ahead and and I'm going to say that I think Suarez Navarro might have a shot against her if she keeps that variety up but I don't know if she can redline the way she did against Garcia again I think my prediction in this quarter is that we get a nice um, Sharapova keys I know it's pretty chalky but a Sharapova keys uh, quarterfinal matchup and if we do I mean, that is that is a popcorn kind of match with the hitting and under the lights probably be on Arthur Ashe. Uh, and, and I'd probably take keys in that one. I'd like to see the number on it. I'd probably play the spread if she was a favorite. But I would definitely look to, uh, to that quarterfinal as one of my favorites. Yeah, jumping in there real quick. I didn't notice this last night on uh, ESPN, and I probably should have been aware of the stat. I didn't know she was 23-0 and in night matches. At the U.S. Open, that's pretty impressive for Sharapova. That's crazy. Yeah. So, do you guys think, considering that the deeper she goes, the more night matches she'll probably have? Do you think that? Uh, do you give her a ch- chance against Keys? Will be looking to play Keys in in some form, maybe an over with a lot of holds. Like, how do you see that playing out? Assuming Keys and Sharapova do match up in that quarter. Yeah, I would like Sharapova, and I, I like the over too because you get you get two good servers. But uh, especially with that night match deal and um, Keys having problems, you know, mentally folding in the past and beating 
uh, players, you know, on and days when she even had better, she's losing to players and she even had better form than that player because um, she'll kind of tighten up there at the big points. Um, I would I would definitely like an over, and I would be favoring Sharapova in that matchup. That's, I'm excited to see that matchup. I think it'll be hard to not pick Sharapova, but, you know, Madison can make it through. I think I'm going to be looking at Sybil Kova, actually, though. Um, you know, I think I'll be looking at her against Keys. I haven't had a chance to look at what that number looks like, but my guess is that Keys is a fairly big favorite. And if Sybil Kova does win there, I think she's going to be a pretty big underdog again for Sharapova. And I, it's, I think she has a pretty decent chance to win those matches. You know, if they play them, say, ten times, she probably wins three or four. So I think I'm actually going to be looking at her, hopefully, you know, on the money line or maybe, you know, a pretty decent spread. You know, like we've been saying, four and a half is kind of the magic number. Um, but I'll be looking at Dominika. So, yeah, Sibakova is plus 200 on the money line against Keys. Yeah, I'm seeing, um, I mean, I can use Pinnacle, of course, so getting plus 205 there. At most other books, plus 185, plus 190 seems pretty standard. I mean, even 365 has plus 200, so hopefully there's a few American local books that'll, uh, that'll spread it around that 200 mark. Yeah, I don't mind plus 200 at all, and I'm seeing a, a, a spread of four. You know, four is fine. It's probably not a bet for me but you know if it's at four now and we can get a little money on keys again she'll be the favorite i think you know people will look at her game and, and really expect her to win maybe i can get that extra half a game by the time tomorrow comes right so i want to get back you know maybe look ahead to the quarter again and we talked about who we like to win what kind of line would be would you be looking at and the other thing i wanted to ask is do you think that I mean, I know that these are money markets, and I think a lot of times name recognition does play into how the money comes in, and sometimes um, to, to you know kind of preempt any kind of liability, the book kind of builds in uh, the name recognition. Do you think that we'll see a nice price on keys? Um, maybe not in American books where people are betting on the American, but you know, for me offshore, I think the Maria Sharapova, I would love to play keys against Sharapova in that spot. And I'm, I'm wondering if I could hold out and almost find a better line closer towards closer to the match than, um, than opposite. I'm pulling up some numbers right now. Like, like you said, I mean, given the name, you know, it's my, my guess at this point spread. If you, if you've seen the night stat, my guess is everyone on planet earth has at this point since ESPN's probably running it everywhere. Um, you know, Sharapova is probably going to be a much more heavy favorite than she should. And I take a look at some of my numbers on Keys and Sharapova. You know, both really successful hardcore players. Um, you know, Sharapova winning matches by an average of about two and two point four games um, on hards. But you know, again, Madison Keys right at that same two point four level. So I'm going to be hoping for you know Keys plus money. And you know, like you said, Jorge, if you know the name recognition really kicks in, I think we get a really nice number there. Yeah, that's that's what I would think as well. I think. Uh and that's where I look to play her. She, she, I think she will start in plus money, and I don't think she'll ever venture into being a favorite. Um, and I think that would be completely incorrect. Like I would, I would have her as a favorite over Sharapova. I think she's younger. She's last year. She was a finalist here. She's on home soil. She's got the game to hit with Sharapova, and I think she's not the best mover on tour. But I think she moves a heck of a lot better than Sharapova does. So um, I think that. She's just got a little more to offer, and I think you're going to see plus money on her from the start. And I think that that'll definitely be one of my bigger plays of the second week if it were to come to fruition for sure. Yeah, I would line that match to be pretty even. So, again, anytime we get plus money, and I, I think it'll be a share of polo. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think? Minus 200? Any deeper than that? Um, I, 
can't see it being that that extreme. Um, but if it does get there, I mean, I'll be probably multi-uniting uh, keys for sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm looking. There's pretty much no head-to-head history. Sheriff Pover Peter once in 2014 in Cincinnati, which effectively is a useless piece of information at this point. Um, so, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I would line it pretty even, but I'm expecting it to be a heavy number on Sharapova. So, really, plus 125 or better on Keys will be great. If I can get as much as plus 150 or plus 160, it'll be a big bet for me. Yeah, the thing I'd be concerned about with Keys, though, is in a tight match. Uh, I almost feel like she would really need to to control the match against Sharapova to beat her. Uh, I feel if you know it comes down to the end, I feel like in a tie break, Sharapova has a huge advantage because of uh, mentally and things of that nature. But the thing is, Keys definitely could you know boat race her because that's the thing about Sharapova is she's and since her comeback from the suspension, um, she'll look great for two matches in a row. I mean, how bad was it at the French Open where she just destroyed Muguruza, and then the next round, I mean, she just looked so good uh, against Muguruza and then the next round, you know, disappears and that's kind of been um, since her comeback has been, you know, her problem is just her match-to-match consistency um, so that's where I think you're getting your value with Keys. I just really worry about Keys' chances in a close match Yeah, that's fair enough, I think uh, I think definitely you find that price though, I think we can you can justify a, even a big play there I, I'm, and that's what I'm hoping for, I'll be on the lookout um, and if, if it opens that that you know with such a disparity i think you can hit it right at the open and not even have to worry about hoping to find a better price but i think if it if it lines closer to evens uh, i think there's a lot less value and i think you can hope for money to come in on sharapova even and then um find the plus money later in the week i think it all depends on on how the books want to open that uh that market but we'll move on to the final quarter and i think this one has uh quite a few talking points both looking back and looking ahead i'm i'm pretty excited for uh this quarter the bottom section of this wide open now uh in this fourth round match the top the top half is going to pit two of the biggest hitting young stars against each other um so we'll start with uh things that perhaps takeaways from the uh first week in in this quarter uh spread what do you got Oh, one thing I want to take away is in the podcast that we didn't uh, it didn't make it ever to the air because of our recording problems. I had mentioned that the um, finalists in New Haven had traditionally struggled, and that has not been the case this year. Um, so that's one you know a trend that changed because I think if you remember, I mentioned that no one you know in the last five years the best result was quarterfinals, and here we have um, both finalists looking strong. Uh, Sabalenka, you know, yesterday, I know you guys all loved her, and I thought Kvitova was going to be the one to give her problems, and that was an impressive victory. And we had mentioned before we started recording that um, the for the person in the second set to just fold up like Petra did after the close first, you know, usually I'd associate that with the underdog, you know, that fights and does their best and then realizes they can't overcome the better player. But for Sabalenka to do that at Kvitova, uh, that was so impressive. And then talk about the other uh, being impressively wrong. Uh, Naomi Osaka winning 6-0, 6-0 against uh, Sasnovich, who um, in hindsight, it did. I did receive uh, the tennis plug on Twitter, at the tennis plug, had told me that Sasnovich was really having problems with her knee uh, in the Kasekina match. And uh, I kind of chose to disregard that. I, sometimes I think they take the match timeouts just to settle themselves down. 
Um, but that could have been a play. But regardless, I don't want to take anything away from Osaka. So far, Osaka's closest set has been 6-3. And she's just running through people. So uh, that ha that's going to be a, a great match looking forward. Right now, like, uh, I haven't really done the deep dive into it. Uh, probably favor Sabalenka. But uh, if you can get a good price on Osaka, I, I mean, this is going to be a fun match. Yeah, so just to give a disclaimer for anyone who's listening here, uh, Jorge pulls for Alina Svitolina, um, Spread pulls for Helena Ostapenko, and I am absolutely head over heels in love with Arena the Amazonian Warrior, Sabalenka. Um, you know, when I look at her success here, it's really a surprise given how much tennis she's played, but she continues to have a really nice year. You know, starting the season ranked 73, coming into this tournament all the way up to 25, you know, making a final in Lugano, making the final in Eastburn, and actually, you know, winning New Haven, and then coming into this tournament and still being successful. Um, the other surprise, you know, down at the bottom to see, you know, Lesia Saranko and Marketa Vondrasova, um, you know, two women that you could probably get a really good price to have made it this far, um, you know, coming through and winning some really impressive matches. I know uh, Jorge and I were, were on Marketa yesterday, and just a really impressive win against Kiki Burtons, you know, coming out, being able to grind out, two tough tiebreakers after, you know, kind of getting beat pretty good in the second set. Um, so, you know, really excited to see Sabalenka do something in the top half. You know, like you said, spread the match with Osaka is going to be fantastic. Um, but also interested to see the names, you know, really at the bottom half. I don't think a lot of people had, you know, Vondrasova and Sorenko this far. Yeah, I think uh, I didn't have Vondrasova going this far, but once I saw her at that plus 315 number, um, against Kiki Bertens, I just I I channeled my inner noobs there. You know, I was like, it's time to fade Kiki. This is the spot. <laughs> I know it didn't work very well in Cincy, but <laughs> I figured this was the time. And you know, we, we you got a bit of your uh, your fading Kiki losses back in Cincy uh, back here um, with a nice plus three hundred number. So um, God, that was close, and she she had to fight back in that third set. But it was nice to see, and that really opens up the bottom. Goodness, like I know people in our in our group chat you know have had kiki futures and how good did those start to look um as the week progressed and then just to lose in the third round's got to be tough but uh it's fun to see two uh or a youngster like von who's had kind of a down year compared to some of her previous years uh find some success at a slam and i think i might play her again against uh lestia serenko i'm never impressed with wins over caroline wozniacki and i think when someone beats wozniacki at a slam especially on a hard court, it's a great spot to fade them the next week because I think they get, you know, people start to see that win and a recency bias sets in. And I'm seeing now Marketa Vondrasova, like in nice plus money territory at, you know, plus 170 at Pinnacle. And I just don't think Serenko has a big enough game to dominate Marketa Vondrasova. I think that should be far closer to evens. Yeah, I think when you talk about the name recognition thing, it's a lot when we talk about Sharapova, it sort of works both ways. You see the big name player get a lot of action and you know really have a line that leans toward them. And then when somebody does beat a big name player, um, I think you saw it earlier, You know, although Kaya Kadepi was able to win after beating Halep, um, you know, I can't remember the number off the top of my head for that exact matchup, but it was way in her favor. And I think you're right. Um, I'm shocked looking at the number here, seeing Vondrasova plus 170. I'm definitely gonna play that. You know, the spread here, I'm seeing three and a half for even money. You know, I'll hope for maybe a plus four, but I think I'll definitely be on the plus 170 for sure. Spread, you got any uh, 
anything on that uh, Von Drusova thought or uh, just a stay away? Uh, no, I, I agree with you guys on Von Drusova. I'm mad that I missed out because I found out about her about a year and a half ago and I was watching her on the Challengers and I couldn't and, and she was just blowing uh, girls off the court in the Challengers. I mean just winner after winner and I saw I knew that she was going to be you know kind of the next breakout and I kind of missed that one. I thought that Burton's was going to be too tough and even watching the match I you know as it was real close in the third I said this is where the experience is going to come in you know uh, with Burton's even though you know She's not really considered a hardcore player. I thought, you know, winning all those clay tournaments and just uh, the late experience. But uh, Vondrasova, I mean, the match was on her racket. And when the, you know, when it got tough, she was able to hit winners. You know, she, she didn't hit the errors. So you got to give her credit. I completely agree with you. I like her um, going against Sorenko. Um, the main thing I worry about with Vondrasova is just the serve. It seems to leave her at certain points. And, uh, you know, that second serve is definitely a liability. So she's got to get the first serve in. But um, once the rally started, it just feels like, uh, you know, she's dictating the points. And those are always the players that I do like to back. She is a very, very strong, uh, like, angler. And she, she buries into the, those, you know, back corners so well. And I think that depth and angle combination really is what has brought her this far, uh, you know, before the age of 20, still as a teenager. Um, I kind of wanted to save the best for last here. Uh, this is going to be pro possibly my favorite fourth round match uh, to, uh, Monday, I'll say. Um, Arena Sabalenka, Naomi Osaka. I, I'm going to, instead of trying to ask for you know a breakdown analysis, I'm going to go ahead and just say I'm putting money on Naomi Osaka. I know this just it flies in the face of all momentum and form. But I think that she, I think she has the game to beat her. I think her first serve might be even bigger than Sabalenka's, um, which is tough to do. And I think that if, if she's serving a high percentage, I really do think Sabalenka has more cracks in her service games just in general than Naomi Osaka does. So I'm going to pose this as a question: like, are you with me, or like, talk me out of this bet? <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that question terribly rationally, but it's going to be really hard for me to bet Sabal to not bet Sabalanka here. Um, you know, that said, Osaka has been really impressive. Um, it's hard to think that Sabalanka is going to haven't played as much tennis as she had the past few weeks. Is not going to start to feel tired at some point. Um, you know, I take a look at some of my numbers here. I think the matches actually line pretty correctly. Um, so it doesn't seem like they priced too much in for you know Sabalenka's momentum or Osaka's. I mean, both both are coming into this match red hot. Um, I think I'll be looking pretty hard at the over 21. Um, you know, both seem to you know everyone seems to think you, know, you pound Osaka unders, but I think in this particular case, if she's playing a stronger player, you know, somebody like Sabalenka who averages you know only 21 games and wins and almost 24 games and matches she loses. So playing against that type of player, when I take a look at that over-under of 21 and a half, I, I think I might actually grab an over, even though it's a pretty high number. On this one, I'm going to go with Osaka, and I'm almost going to do it just off the price. The fact that you're getting, you know, you have two red-hot players going against each other, and I'm getting the plus money. I'll take the plus money in that situation. Uh, but Jorge, one thing that I was... If if she, my main worry about Osaka is I know you mentioned Sabalenka's serve, but I worry about Osaka's serve too. Um, just in the fact that I'm worried that she's not going to be able to set up the the pressure to dictate the points the way that Sabalenka does. I think the Sabalenka's big advantage in this one 
uh, it's going to be our ability to get free points on those big serves and almost like uh, you know in the men's games you know you get to those 30 40 those big break points and you're able to just reel off you know an ace or a service winner I think it just uh, gives you so much of an advantage and I see Sabalenka be able to do that so much more yeah you mentioned the men's yeah that being said, I do I do believe that with, once the extended rallies start, I think that Osaka has the advantage. I think that uh, the one thing that she has that Sabalenka doesn't is she has the ability to kind of vary her game yet, and she doesn't go for it on every shot. Um, and I think that'll that'll be the key here, and uh, that's that's why I will be supporting Osaka uh, when this match comes out tomorrow. So you you brought up the men's game and I the and the saving BPs with big serves, and I just had nasty. Canadian flashbacks to that Shapovalov Anderson match where you know Anderson got out to that early break and just shut it down after that in the fifth set and oh just bad memories but I, I think I'm with you I'm gonna we got our, a nice little disagreement here I you know Noops likes the pricing I think it's gonna differ book to book um, but I'm seeing plus 127 reaching almost plus 130 at Pinnacle and um, at that price I mean it opened at plus 113 and so we've already seen 14 cents of a value drift Osaka's way and I really think this should be maybe a you know if you're going to have uh, maybe Osaka at evens and, and arena at like minus 115 minus 120 I think that's more reasonable I think the form gives her the edge but I don't know if it should be you know like she's at plus 127 and arena's at almost minus 140 at pinnacle I mean to me that is or 135 that's screaming to to you know two lopsided a line and i think i i have to capitalize there um but that uh that'll wrap this section of the pod i think what we want to do now is just get a couple we don't have outright prices because we're in the middle of a round so most books shut them down until the round is over and they can reconfigure but what players are you looking at um especially being draw conscious here at uh and making a nice deep run and where do you think you can potentially find some value if uh take your player and, and put a price on them for what you'd look for if i were to choose a final right now and it's tough because i think the top half is so much more stacked uh than the bottom but uh i would say serena keys would be my prediction of everyone who's left and the way they're playing and i know i'd mentioned you know i worry about keys struggling mentally but uh she plays so well, and when she gets ahead and she starts rolling, I mean, uh, she's really tough to beat. So if I were to choose the final right now, I'd choose Serena versus Keys. Yeah, looking at, at, at sort of the future here, that top half, I think that you know, the future holds, a, thankfully, a Serena Williams-Sloan-Stevens match um, there in the semifinals. And, you know, I'd love to bet on either one of them. I think that, you know, Serena's playing some really good tennis right now. I think that Sloan, you know, although doesn't hasn't reached kind of a peak level, is playing some really nice tennis. I kind of like that she's gotten to do, you know, at least sort of one dogfight here so far and had to play three sets already. Um, you know, I think the match against Mertens and then the match against either Svitolina or Sevisto is going to put her in a really good place to be ready for Serena. But the tough part of it back in either one of them from an outright perspective is they have to play each other. Um, so I think if you're looking at one, you almost have to, you know, play both of them. Uh, my guess is the numbers aren't going to make sense for that to be really profitable because I think I expect both to be probably the top two favorites you know once those markets open up again in the morning um, so if you're looking for any value from a rest of the tournament perspective I think you look at the bottom and I think you try to figure out you know who you think is going to win that Sabalenka Osaka match and I think whoever comes out of that match is going to be in really good shape to face 
you know, maybe Maria Sharapova, maybe Madison Keys um, from the other side. And I, I think, you know, again, either Sabalenka or Osaka, you know, pick who you think is going to win that match. And then maybe instead of betting that match, just put a little bit on the outright number. But I'm expecting kind of the winner of that match to end up playing probably Serena Williams, um, if not Sloane Stevens in the final. Well, you just took the thoughts right uh, right from my head. I was going to say that's where exactly where I'd be looking is that Sablank Osaka match. They both are in incredible form. They're young. Uh, they're you know you're not looking to fatigue when you're playing every two days and you're you're that age. And I think that you know their quarterfinal match they'll be big favorites. So you, you can almost pencil them to the semis. Pick which one you want. And then you know Sharapova is she ready to be in a Slam final yet? Is you know. If they can get by Madison Keys, you're going to have a great opportunity to find some hedge point um, in the final. I, they may be huge underdogs, and that could be a problem, but uh, but I, I agree with that. And I think my one issue with Sloan is perhaps facing great competition can build a player up in their confidence and, and be a beneficial thing, but Azarenka, Merton, Svitolina... And Serena Williams seems like an awfully tough path to the final for me to like her to repeat. Uh, I mean, repeating in slams is hard enough to do as it is, but going th through that kind of uh, path, especially when you needed three sets to beat Annalena Kalanina, um, I'm not sure uh, I, I'd lay anything on Sloan. I'd probably... I'd like to see what the price on Serena is. I mean, it's probably deflated uh, by now after the fourth round if she wins. But, I mean, if it's anything... You know, at two or three to one, four to one, even I, 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 I can't justify not betting on on that. Um, but like I said, that very doubtful you get anywhere near that um, when there's only eight players left. And <laughs> she's she's going to be the massive favorite. Yeah, I, th I think you're right about that number for Serena. If I was able to get four to one or better, I'd be all over that. Um, you're right. Stevens has had a really, really tough path, and I think it's just going to be tough for her to overcome that path and then beating Serena in what will almost assuredly be a night match in the big stadium with everybody watching. Um, but yeah, four to one or better on, on Serena, and I think I'll definitely be with you grabbing that. Alrighty, guys. Well, uh, thanks for your uh, time today. This is a, a nice what will end up being a debut episode of the net worth podcast again i was joined today by spread astaire you can follow him on twitter at that handle at spread astaire and our buddy noops which is at underscore n-o-o-p-s and i am jorge at jorge tweets tennis no ease in the word tweets apparently that's too long for a twitter handle so you can catch us we'll be doing weekly outright previews uh, we might do some midweek uh, shows if we all have bets we like and we have some content for you. So keep it tuned. We're going to be uh, up on SoundCloud and we'll be adding other pod catchers uh, as we go along. So uh, stay tuned. Follow all three of us on Twitter and uh, have a great one. And may you be profitable in this second week at the U.S. Open.